from Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet, streaming and text at wia.org.au. Welcome to the news. I'm Graham VK4BB. In this week's broadcast, VK2LAW, VK4FUQ, VK3WAR and VK3GTV, along with Jeff Emery, VK4ZPP, who's been thinking, and this time thinking of the WIA and thanking them. Alan Shannon, VK4SN, has been contesting, well, adding up this year's RD scores, where we see that VK7 Victor Hotel scored 802 points in the single operator, and on top of that, was part of this year's winning team entry. Hi, this is Alan, VK4 Sierra November, with results from the 2018th Remembrance Day contest. Uh, single op phone went to VK7 Victor Hotel with 802 points. Single op CW went to VK2 Golf Romeo with 600 points. Single op mixed went to VK5 Lima Juliet with 872 points. QRP Phone went to VK3 Alpha Alpha Kilo with 92 points. This year we had no entries for the QRP CW section. QRP Mix went to VK2 IO with a good score of 451 points. Multi Single went to VK5 Alpha Radio Golf with 875 points. Multi Multi went to VK4 Kilo Whiskey with 1,169 points. Uh, the winning team this year was Tricky Muzz Vince. Uh, they included VK7 Zulu Bravo X-Ray, VK7 ZMS, VK7 Victor Hotel, with 2,398 points, setting a, an all-time record for a team score. The top t- foundation licence went to VK2 Foxtrot Hotel Romeo Kilo. The uh, highest scoring rookie this year went to VK6 Foxtrot Lima Tango Charlie. All results will be available after this segment on the WIA website. State winner certificates are also available for downloading from the page. Thank you very much. Until next year, this is VK4, Sierra November. Alan, Best73s. Hello, I'm Jeff Emery, VK4ZPP, and I've been thinking. I was impressed this week to see the WIA posting news from the IARU Region 3 meeting in Korea. Often this type of involvement is overlooked when the membership renewal arrives and we start to think about the home budget and the value we get from being a member. In the great scheme of regulation and advocacy, the International Amateur Radio Union is an important part of maintaining consistency in international planning spectrum usage for us amateurs. With the World Administrative Conference around the corner in 2019, there is much negotiation and burning of midnight oil in preparation. Not the least of that is the fact that many sectors of the user groups are pressing for greater access to RF, and regulators are trying to accommodate the various claims, and it all should mesh. One of the biggest demands for bandwidth in the microwave bands is the exponential expansion with the coming of the Internet of Things and the impending release of 5G mobile standards. Then there is the matter of compatibility of service requirements between users of HF radio spectrum. Already as the NBN progresses its rollout, amateurs are reporting interference from internet equipment radiation into amateur station equipment. 
The fact that we amateurs are primary users of particular segments should ensure that we are protected, and faults such as these are quickly remediated. And think back a couple of weeks and we have the instructions to US Coast Guard vessels to minimise the use of LED lights because of the interference they are causing to electronic systems on board. Ambient noise levels have been increasing because of what has been dubbed electronic smog. A switch mode power supplies, solar, photovoltaic regulators, LED lights and on and on. Ask a consistent HF operator what the bands are like and then what the noise level at their QTH has become. It's not a pretty picture. As poor as the compliance is to the standards that should help remove the electronic trash, just think how much worse it would be if there was no attempt at control. If there was no ITU oversight of standards and coordination and the manufacturers and service providers could just do what the best money return would allow, just think, there would be little standardisation until perhaps a monopoly won the technology war. So as amateurs pool their expertise in conferences like the one in Seoul, we should all be thankful that we do have a system and an input in the protection of our recreation. Without the dedication of these people in negotiating, on an international platform, we would be without the bands, the modes and the operating privileges we enjoy. I'm Jeff Emery, and that's what I think. How about you? You are listening to the WIA broadcast, available as a podcast where all good podcasts can be found. And remember to share and leave a rating to help other people find it. This is WIA Director, VK5, Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. From Australia, this is VK1 WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. International news with thanks to IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, RAC, NZART and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2LAW. From New Zealand, technical consultation. Adding new usages to the general user radio licence. Short-range devices in frequencies below 30 MHz. Radio Spectrum Management has released a consultation document concerning increased use in portable electrical appliances and mobile devices. These devices have driven interest in wireless charging in what they do and how they work. This technology has two components that require use of radio spectrum below the 30 MHz frequency range, wireless power transfer system and inductive loop systems. The consultation document identifies that these components fall within the definition of short-range devices and are covered by the General User Radio Licence, GURL-SRD. It would mean the existing technical conditions in the GURL-SRD would need to be modified to explicitly allow the use of wireless power transmission and inductive loop systems. In Korea, IARU Region 3 conference is underway. 
the 17th IARU Region 3 Regional Conference, hosted by the Korean Amateur Radio League, KARL, took place September 10-14 to at the PJ Hotel in Seoul, Korea. KARL reported that to promote the hobby, an entry-level licence, ELL, has been introduced as the fourth class of amateur radio licence in Korea. Obtaining this licence requires participating in eight hours of tuition, introducing amateur radio to beginners. Licence holders will be allowed to operate in the VHF-UHF bands with up to 10 watts of output power. CRAC reports the population of radio amateurs in China is expanding steadily and the number of amateur radio operators now stands at 130,115. China believes there are about 80,000 active station licenses with their highest license class permitting one kilowatt on HF. IARU Region 3 conference documents are available in the text edition of this news at wia.org.au. There were 74 attendees at the International Amateur Radio Union Region 3 Conference in Seoul, Korea. All delegates and observers from the Region 3 member societies assembled for the opening plenary session and worked its way through the extensive agenda. One area of the agenda that stands out are the many band planning items that included harmonised 2-metre APRS MARTS, interim IARU Region 3 band plan, coordination between the IARU regions on VHF, UHF and MW bands, 15-metre band satellite planning. News from Sweden, reduced ham radio power limit from November 1. Representatives of Sweden's National Amateur Radio Society, the SSA, have met with the communications regulator, the PTS. The agenda included the follow-up to the delegation decision and information on the new exemption regulation to be decided this month. In autumn 2017, PTS opened a supervisory issue on how SSA manages delegated duties. PTS has set its satisfaction with the measures that SSA have taken and will take to improve its routines. The audit was abolished in mid-July. Sierra Mike 6 Charlie November November and Sierra Mike 5 Papa Hotel Uniform were part of the delegation meeting. Initially, SSA presented the HAMS vision and view on the amateur radio and community benefit, which was well received by the authority, but no entry-level licence. SSA raised the issue of an alternative certificate class. PTS declared that no new certificate class would be introduced. Reduced power limit from November 1. PTS will proceed with its decision on the proposed reduction of power limits to 200 watts. There has been no objection to the objections made by several referral bodies. As a reason for the new regulation, it is stated that you want to implement PTS spectrum strategy. SSA demanded an explanation of what the authority would like to achieve, but no further motivation was given. During the meeting, the SSA also asked what criteria should apply when assessing licence applications for higher impact. The general answer is the licence applications are assessed in accordance with the Electronic Communications Act, but no further details are currently available. SSA was somewhat wondering how applications are being assessed at the moment. When the new regulation is decided, PTS will inform about the application procedures and fees. The processing time for licence applications is currently reported to 42 days. Source SSA, tinyurl.com slash SwedenSSA. Belgium, reverse polarity sunspot group does not belong to cycle 25, observatory says. 
the Royal Observatory of Belgium's Solar Terrestrial Centre of Excellence, STCE, has asserted that the reverse polarity sunspot group 2720, observed in late August, belongs to the current solar cycle, cycle 24, and does not represent the start of cycle 25. Because of its reversed polarity, some news services claimed sunspot group 2720 was possibly one of the first groups in the new solar cycle 25, the centre said. This is simply not true in view of its very low 8 degree latitude. The next solar cycle 25 sunspot group should have both reversed magnetic polarity and much higher heliographic latitude, typically 20 degrees to 40 degrees from the equator. Only two tiny short-lived numbered sunspot groups are currently assigned to the new solar cycle 25, sunspot group 2620 in December 2016 and 2694 in January 2018. Ham radio at the World Maker Fair in New York. The ARRL reports amateur radio will be represented at the ninth annual World Maker Fair in New York City, September 22 to 23. That's expected to attract around 90,000 attendees. The Garden School, Kilo 2 Golf Sierra Golf and Hall of Science Amateur Radio Clubs in New York City will join forces this month to put amateur radio on display during the 9th Annual World Maker Fair NYC at the New York Hall of Science in Queens. Last year's World Maker Fair NYC drew around 90,000 attendees. The Garden School Ham Radio Club Advisor and Science Teacher John Hale, Kilo Delta 2 Lima Papa Mike, said participating youngsters will introduce amateur radio and mentor attendees in constructing small electronic maker key Morse code oscillators. The project helped Garden School win a blue ribbon at last year's Maker Fair. Visiting radio amateurs will be able to build a tape measure Yagi for satellite or terrestrial use. In cooperation with the Hall of Science ARC, radio amateurs will attempt to make satellite contacts with the tape measure Yagis as a demonstration, Hale said. For WIA National News in Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Ham Radio Operational News, it's a contact sport. I'm Felix, VK4FUQ. October 6, Worldwide Oceania Dex Contest. October 11-12, Worldwide Cell Call Isle. Not so much a contest, but an exercise. 2019, August 17-18, Worldwide IWLW. The first successful exchange of messages between Australia and the United Kingdom via wireless in 1918 is marked every five years by contact between the Dragon Amateur Radio Club in Wales and the Hornsby Amateur Radio Club in VK2, together with the Kooringai Historical Society also in VK2. This year, 100 years after the original experimental transmission between the two nations, the experiment is about to occur again, this time on the 22nd of September as a reenactment of the original Morse code message and a broader celebration. With this being a 100-year anniversary, the Kurangai Municipal Council is planning to host a celebration that will include displays in the nearby St Andrew's Church Hall, as well as an amateur radio station operated by the Hornsby Industry Amateur Radio Club, with a call sign VK100 Marconi. At the same time in Wales, the Dragon Amateur Radio Club will operate its own HF station from the side of the Marconi transmitter there, using the call sign GB2VK, GB2VK. The day's activities will include replication of the original message sent from Wales by Australian Prime Minister Billy Hughes to Ernest Fisk, who was at home in his wireless station in Warunga. The Wireless Institute of Australia has been celebrating all month, and hymns have been allocated state and territory-based special event call signs for the duration of the observance. The call signs are the prefix VI and the suffix Marconi, with the appropriate number in between designating each state or territory. Through the DX window, Poland, SP, 
Special event stations SN100 with the suffixes IP, JH, JP, PS and PW. IQIP until November 11 to celebrate the 100th anniversary of Poland's independence. QSL via the Bureau. San Marino, T7. Three special event stations will be active from the Republic of San Marino on the 15th and 16th of September. Look for the call signs T71A, T71B and T71C, which will be transmitting from towers on the three peaks of Monte Titano in San Marino. This event is being held in conjunction with a local civil protection exercise. QSLs go via T70A. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Winningham. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. With the latest worldwide special interest group news, I'm Cole, VK3GTV. And first up this week, ATV, every pixel tells a story. Introduction to amateur digital television. Jim, KH6HTV, has released a new book titled Introduction to Amateur Digital Television. The free book pulls together a lot of information previously scattered in over 40 application notes, and you can download the PDF via the link in this week's text edition of WIA National News. Worldwide Special Interest Group's DMR. The 70cm VK5 RDM DMR repeater is now running at the Elmark Club Room in Murray Bridge on 439 850MHz. VK5 RDM is fully operational as a Brandmeister DMR repeater, Talk Group 505 for TS1, Talk Group 50599 on TS2, and number 505505. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. There's a lot going on above us. But satellites are more at risk from fast solar winds than a major space storm, according to a UK-US study published in the journal Space Weather. Researchers investigating the space weather risks to orbiting satellites calculated electron radiation levels within the Van Allen radiation belts. This ring donut-shaped zone wraps around the Earth, trapping charged particles. The geostationary orbit lies inside the Van Allen radiation belts. The study, which analysed years of satellite data, found that electron radiation levels at geostationary orbit could remain exceptionally high for five days or more, even after the solar wind speed had died down. As a result, electronic components on satellites could charge up to dangerously high levels and become damaged. Jupiter has an extramagnetic pole. NASA's Juno spacecraft has discovered something extraordinary about Jupiter. There's an extramagnetic pole near the giant planet's equator, dubbed the Great Blue Spot, by researchers who identified it. Jupiter's unexpected magnetic morphology is a sign that strange things may be happening deep beneath her cloud tops. For the full story, visit spaceweather.com. Radio amateurs receive images from Chinese lunar satellite. Some earthbound radio amateurs and sky watchers have received images from a tiny Chinese satellite now orbiting the moon. In May, China launched the DSLWP-A and B microsatellites into a lunar transfer orbit, although A was apparently lost in the process and likely remains in deep Earth orbit. They were deployed as secondary payloads with the Chichao Relay satellite as part of the Chang'e 4 mission to the far side of the Moon. DSLWP stands for Discovering the Sky at Longest Wavelengths Pathfinder. 
The satellite is testing low-frequency radio astronomy and space-based interferometry, and while it carries amateur radio and educational payloads, no transponder is aboard. Chang'e 4's mission is to be the first ever attempt at a soft landing on the far side of the moon. The Chang'e 4 lander and rover are scheduled to launch in December. The Harvard Institute of Technology, BY2HIT, developed and built the previously mentioned DSLWP spacecraft and is overseeing that mission. The microsat also carries optical cameras from Saudi Arabia with an open telecommand protocol allowing radio amateurs to take and download images. Again, all the technical guff is best found when you read the text edition of this broadcast, either by your automatic podcast or web edition at wia.org.au. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Internet, the Ham's Domain. Bendigo Amateur Radio and Electronics Club invites you to Bendigo Internet of Things Network, a presentation by Dr. Simon Edgerton of La Trobe University and Chris Rollins of the City of Greater Bendigo. La Trobe University and the City of Greater Bendigo are teaming up to trial a new Internet of Things network in Bendigo. By installing open-source gateways in several locations around Bendigo, the project will enable anyone in the local community to connect to the IoT to gather their own data. The IoT is a giant network of connected things, including mobile phones, weather stations, machines and electronic devices, basically any physical object that features an IP address for internet connectivity. It enables users to gather data on literally anything, for example, weather patterns, footpath usage, wildlife movements, traffic congestion and water distribution, to name just a few applications. Driven out of Latrobe's new technology innovation lab in Bendigo, this will be the first open-source IoT network established in regional Victoria. The evening commences at 7.30 on Friday, September 21st, at the Barrick Club Room, 20 Longley Lane, Longley. A gold coin donation would be appreciated, and tea, coffee and bickies will be available. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio. The New South Wales Telco Authority and the New South Wales SES have launched the first agency-operated, fully mobile government radio communications site in Grafton. The Cell on Wheels, COW, will provide public safety agency frontline workers with a deployable mission-critical solution for operational radio communications. The COW will provide significant support to emergency and operational response agencies as they work with communities during disasters. New South Wales Telco Authority Managing Director Kate Foy explained, It's the newest addition to the state's supply of mobile radio assets and the latest product resulting from collaboration between the Telco Authority and New South Wales SES to improve frontline communications during critical incidents. The COW was jointly funded by New South Wales SES and the Critical Communications Enhancement Program. The unit is based on an Iveco four-wheel drive platform that facilitates access to locations normally inaccessible by regular 4x4 vehicles and trailers, and where road access is not possible, the equipment can be dismounted from the vehicle and deployed by helicopter. I'm Col, VK3GTV, for WIA National News. Rewind. Rewind it is where we backhaul through history. Shortwave radio reports may offer the best evidence of Amelia Earhart's fate, a group believes. The International Group for Historic Aircraft Recovery, T-I-G-H-A-R, Tiger, believes it has the key to unlock the decades-old mystery of what happened to famed aviator Amelia Earhart and her navigator Fred Noonan in their planned circumnavigation of the globe in 1937. 
Many theories have sprung up over the years to explain the mysterious disappearance, but a Tiger research paper entitled The Post-Lost Radio Signals, published by the Earhart Project, maintains that the patterns and relationships emerging from the data show that Tiger has answered the 81-year-old question, what really happened to Amelia Earhart? The Earhart Project is testing the hypothesis that Amelia Earhart and Fred Noonan landed and eventually died on Gardner Island, now in the Republic of Kiribati, its website says. In July 1937, a young teenager named Betty Clank listened to shortwave bands on her family's radio, intercepted and transcribed pleas for help that Tiger calls a remarkable record of perhaps the last communication from Earhart and Noonan and leaves little doubt that the 15-year-old heard a genuine distress call from the pair transmitted from the aircraft Electra. Clank's notebook, discovered in 2000, inspired Tiger's effort to catalogue all reception reports. Tiger analysed nearly 60 other reception reports made in the wake of Earhart's failure to arrive on Howland Island. The vast majority, Tiger says, came from government or commercial operators as well as licensed amateurs working for the US Interior Department on Howland and Baker Islands, listening on Earhart's primary harmonically related frequencies at 3.105 and 6.210 kHz. Tiger contends the higher order harmonics of the primary frequencies enabled the accidental reception of Earhart's transmission at greater distances because those higher frequency signals would be more prone to ionospheric propagation. Reports came from the Pacific and the continental USA, they say, with Earhart's reporting her plane down on an uncharted island that was small, uninhabited. According to accounts, the radio transmissions became progressively more desperate, with Earhart reporting that Noonan was injured and subsequently delirious. The commander of the U.S. Coast Guard vessel, Itasca, which was involved in the search, discounted the contemporary radio reception reports, saying that all available land areas had been searched. He expressed doubt that Earhart and Noonan made any radio transmissions after their plane disappeared, July 2, 1937. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions www.wia.org.au Finally to the social scene 2018 where we pick up what's going on in the VK clubs. September 21 to 23 in VK4, the Central Highlands Amateur Radio Clubs AGM. September 28 to October 1 in VK4, the Cardwell Gathering. While on October 14, it's off to the Gary Cooper Pavilion. Hi, this is Craig, VK3 WAR, on behalf of the Yarra Valley Amateur Radio Group. Join us on Sunday, October the 14th for our annual ham fest at the Gary Cooper Pavilion in Yarra Glen. Doors open from 10am till 2pm. Entrance fee of $7 includes tea and coffee. For table bookings, phone Colin, VK3CNW, on 0423-535-988. Hope to see you there on Sunday the 14th of October. Then finally in October, October 28, still in VK3, the Ballarat Amateur Radio Group's Hamfest. And three events in November, VK3, VK5 and VK7. November 11 in VK5, Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society's Hamfest. November 17 in VK7, the VK7 Hamfest, Miana Community Centre. And the Rosebud Radio Fest in VK3, November 18. Now till next we meet, I'm Graham, VK4BB. Walk softly. 
from Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.